Well, good morning. I can honestly say this morning, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, for me, it's been a long time to, since I've been in the physical house of the Lord. Maybe uh, some of you are like that, those of you who are watching online this morning. Uh, it's good that we're all in the house of the Lord this morning. And I, I tell you, I, uh, Josh and worship team, thank you all so much. That was powerful worship this morning. It was an, and God came in experience. And uh, the fact is, God is here, he is among us, he is with us, he dwells within his people. If you're like me, I came here this morning because I need to hear some good news. Anybody here need to hear some good news? Yeah, we're inundated with the other kind of news. But Jesus is here. He doesn't only give us good news. He is the good news. And his news is so good that it transforms our lives. It determines our destiny. He gives us life and life more abundantly now and forever. And that's good news. And that news is so good that the joy of the Lord that is within us, the joy of the Lord that is our strength, should radiate through us to a world that is perishing. He's good news. His name is Jesus, and we're here to lift him up today. And I want to share a song with you that lifts up the Lord Jesus Christ that lifts up the life, the power, the authority that he offers to you and me today and forever. It's a song of good news. Wait for it. So this song, um, I was getting ready to do my favorite thing. What is that? Go to church. And uh, <laughs> we've all found that out tonight. And um, I started singing this song to God, well, uh, over my life. I started declaring over my life, and I started saying, There's a miracle in this room with my name on it. There's a healing in this room, and it's here for me. Yeah, there's a breakthrough. Put a praise on it. I'm gonna put a praise on it. And I got real happy. I said, There's a 
glory to God. <laughs> There's a healing in this room today. There's a miracle in this room today. Christy Fuller, Fuller family, this is for you. Jackie, this is for you. Carol, David, Bob, this is for you. This is for you. Put your name in it. There's a miracle here today. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is here to do you good. He is here to bring words of life, rivers of living water from your innermost being. He promises that they'll issue forth words of life to live by, words of life to share, words of life that change eternities. The Lord Jesus Christ is among us. You know, as Debbie said, I'm going to be speaking on teaching on Psalm 1 this morning. And so I want to encourage you, uh, get your Bible out. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, go to Walmart this afternoon, buy one, put your name in it, and read it. And well, I'm going to put it up here on the screen in a, more, in a minute because we put it up here for convenience. But I tell you what, convenience will not transform anyone's life. But the Word of God will and so, Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. We don't need words that will tickle our ears, but, oh, God, we need words of life that will transform our nows and our forevers. So, Father, we come humbly before your word to hear from you because you're the only one who has words of life. God, will you open our ears that we can hear from you. God, would you give to us the spirit of revelation so that we'll know what is the hope of your calling, so that we'll know what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and so that we'll know the surpassing greatness of your power toward us who believe. Lord Jesus, we're believers. Help our unbelief. Help us to behold you this morning, God, that in you, in your word, we will be changed. And in the name of Jesus, we say in agreement, amen. Turn to your Bibles in Psalm 1, and we're going to read this in a moment. This is the first in our series of Psalms. And I want you to notice the first word of the first Psalm in the Bible. It starts out blessed. Now that's a good word, isn't it? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Oh, but his delight, her delight, is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night? That person, that person will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and in whatever they do. They prosper. Whatever they do prospers. 
Not so the wicked. They will be like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Blessed is the person, the man, the woman, who follows God. There's good news for us. That there's a life of blessing, a life of hope, a life of goodness, and yes, even a life of prosperity in following the God. The first thing I want us to focus on this morning is that God wants to unleash his blessings on your life simply because God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, and God has good planned for you. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you're like me, maybe some of you are. I grew up in a church. I grew up going to church every Sunday, Sunday night, and that was always followed pot roast and playing with my cousins and um but we had to come in get cleaned up go back to church at night and then we went to church on Wednesday nights and we went to revivals we went to vacation bible school we we went to church we were church goers somehow I got to go to church a lot in my childhood but I didn't get a lot of church in me in the process of it and one of the things I didn't get in all that going to church Somehow I missed that God is good and that God is for me. God is for you. And that the plans that God has for us are good. They're plans for our welfare, not calamity, to give us a future and a hope. And I didn't know that there's a theme from the very beginning of Genesis and creation all the way through to Revelation, to the end of this time, and in yet into eternity, that there was a theme of the blessings of God, the goodness of God. I don't know how I missed that, but I tell you what, it was good news to find out that God is a God of blessing and goodness. And your Bibles... If you want to turn with me to Genesis 1, uh, 27, I want to take you on a quick overview, and it's going to be very quick, of the blessings. I'm just going to pick up a few, and this is just like a little tippy-top highlight of the blessings of God that are promised, pronounced and promised for the follower of God. <laughs> and it started out in creation. You probably know the story of creation. God spoke creation into existence. And when he spoke creation into existence, he spoke a blessing on creation. And then when he got down and he got to create man, he spoke a creation, a blessing on man. And in Genesis 1:27, the Bible says, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And then get this next sentence. 
male and female, he created them. Now, there's a whole message right there. He created men. What he's talking about, humankind, humanity. And he created humanity, man, male, and female. And then it says, and God blessed them. You have a pronounced blessing on your life because you were created in the image of God. What does that mean that we're created in the image of God, male and female? That means God, who is spirit, who is eternity, has put eternity in our lives. We're going to live forever. Question is where? Question's where? But he's put eternity in our hearts and he's spoken a blessing on us. And then if you'll go over, uh, turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 28. And I encourage you to write these scriptures down and go back and, and read these and, and see if these things are not so in the Bible. And read the full context, the richness of the verses around these passages. I'm going to just read about eight verses of this. But I want you to get an idea. This is the blessing that God spoke over Israel, Israel being his people, his chosen people. And it says, Now it shall be for you if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. They're not just going to like trickle down in your life. They're going to come upon you and they're going to overtake you. These are some powerful blessings that God pronounced on our lives. And then he says, if you will obey the Lord your God. And then he says, these are some of the ways he's going to bless us. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Mark, you're blessed in the country, buddy. Blessed shall you be in the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beast and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you be in your basket and your kneading bowl. Even our kitchens are blessed. Our food is blessed. Blessed shall you be when you come in and when you go out. You're going to be blessed in all your comings and all your goings. That's God's will for you. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and shall flee from before you seven ways. And then get this. The Lord your God, the Lord, will command the blessings upon you in your barns and in your hand to what you do. The Lord will bless the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will command his blessing on you. And it goes on and it gives more and more blessings in there. But when we think of it, think of this analogy. Uh, some of you maybe remember there was this old hymn. It was said, showers of blessing, showers of blessing, something, something, something. Anybody? Did I see one person tonight? Okay, some of you remember that, showers of blessing. It's like this. God has commanded blessings on your life and mine. But sometimes we're like holding up an umbrella, you know, 
and we block the blessings of God in our life. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit because if God has commanded a blessing on your life, we want to learn to become good receivers of the goodness of God in our lives. And then in Deuteronomy 30, and then it just gets better. The Bible says, Deuteronomy 30, starting in verse 15, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, and I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live and your descendants by loving the Lord your God and obeying his voice and by holding fast to him. You see, God pronounced that blessing on men and women at the beginning of the creation, but we know the rest of the story, don't we? He also gave us a free will. And when Eve was tempted by the enemy and she looked at the fruit and she thought, maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe that tree of the knowledge of good and evil will give me pleasure. So she just takes a little bite of it. And it tasted good. You see, the Bible says that there is a temporary pleasure in sin. If there weren't, we would never do it, would we? But there's an immediate payoff. But the Bible also says that the end is destruction of sin. The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty of payment for sin. It's important. That's not an easy word to say, but it's important for us to recognize that because when she took that apple and then she goes, honey, <laughs> and honey is deceived and he partakes of it and suddenly the curse comes into the world and the free choice that God intended for us to use to honor him, to worship him, to walk in the garden in sweet fellowship with him. Suddenly, things changed, and evil permeated the world. And there was a shift in there. And what was meant for good, wrong choices were made, and a curse was pronounced on the world. And it's still in effect today. Still in effect today. But God, throughout time has been redeeming men and women. And he says, I want you to choose life. And he sent Jesus to restore what was stolen from men and for women. And he sent Jesus to restore the blessing that we would have a way to receive those commanded blessings, the fullness of the blessing of God. 
The Bible says in Galatians 3.13, and this is a scripture. Underline this scripture. Write it down. Memorize this scripture. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, when it says hangs on a tree, it means cursed is everyone who hangs on the cross. And so when Jesus hung on the cross and he died, he died for the penalty of our sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so he reversed the curse for us, made a way for us that we could become partakers of the life of God now and forever. Now, when Jesus came, not only did he reverse that curse, not only did he pay the wages of sin for us with his death, but he defeated death. He rose from the dead to offer us the gift of eternal life. Now, when he did that, do you think, this is a New Testament, do you think that he took blessings away from us, all those physical blessings that were pronounced on his people back in Deuteronomy? Do you think Jesus said, well, You don't get those blessings anymore, but I am going to forgive you of your sins. Y'all out there? The answer is no. The answer is no. Now, where's the biblical evidence of that? It's found in Ephesians 1, 3. When Jesus came, he not only redeemed us from that curse, he fulfilled the law. And what was set in motion with Adam and Eve, and they tried and tried and tried to get their lives right with God. God's chosen people tried to keep the law of God. And all that did was prove that none of us are good enough by, to reach God by being good enough to reach God. We needed help. And so that's why Jesus came. And then in Ephesians 1, 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, the fullness of the blessing of God that was commanded on us now has come to us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we put our faith in him, God promises by grace are we saved through faith, not of our own selves, But it's our confidence in the goodness of God that Jesus lived the perfect life. He fulfilled the law. He paid the penalty for all sin for all time. And he defeated death and he rose from the dead to offer you and me the gift of eternal life. But that eternal life does not come automatically. It's not even knowing about these things because a lot of people, at least in the West, they have heard this story. You know, they know Easter. They may talk about the Easter bunny and Easter eggs. uh, But most people in the West, they've heard the story that Easter is about the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. And so it's not enough to just know about that. You and I have to respond to Jesus And the way we do that is we recognize that we're living in rebellion to God and we turn away from our sin and we turn to Jesus 
repent. And we put our faith in him, our confidence in him. Jesus, you're the only way. I have no hope but you. And I have all hope in you. And that's when he changes our forever on the inside. And we receive eternal life. Well, this blessed life, maybe you're listening today, watching today, sitting today. And you go, man, my life is not blessed. I'm in a hard place. Medical problems. Maybe you got a bad medical report. Maybe you're going through a loss and you're grieving. Maybe it's a broken relationship in your life, a rebellious child. Maybe it's just like life has not seemed to gone well for you. God has good for you. And the fact is we all go through hard times of life. The blessings of God does not mean that we don't have trouble, we don't have problems. In fact, Jesus himself says, in me, you have peace. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so we put our confidence in God. And when we go through those hard times, God goes through those with us. And he gives us grace. He gives us his power and ability to overcome even in the hard times of life. And then because he's God, he has the power to redeem those hard times and use them for good. And everything that we go through in life for the follower of Jesus, there is a promise in Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's purpose, to those who, who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so even when we go through those hardships of loss, and we, we don't know if we're going to make it. We don't understand why that happened to us. And we look around at other people and go, well, so-and-so's life is blessed. Boy, they got it all happening, don't they? It's a question of time and when. But when we put our confidence in God, all things, I like circle the all things, work together for good. It doesn't mean, well, that one thing. A lot of times we'll hear people say, well, you know, everything works out for good. Is that true? No, that's not true. That's a lie. It's a lie because it's a, partial it's a partial truth, but not a complete truth. Scripture says all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, the second thing that I want us to uh, focus on this morning is that our faithfulness to God releases the blessings of God. Our faithfulness to God releases the blessings of God. In Psalm 1, the Bible, the first verse, it references uh, that the righteous person, the person in union with God, the follower of Jesus, it says three things that they don't do. They don't walk in step with the wicked. They don't stand in the way of sinners. And they don't sit in the company of mockers. Now, that pretty much co uh, covers our waking hours, doesn't it? Walk, stand, sit. There's a lifestyle. What he's talking about, there's a lifestyle that we turn away from. There's a lifestyle of evil that we turn away from. We don't want to walk in step with the wicked, with those who are going opposite of God. We don't want to stand in the path of sinners. In other words, our most intimate fellowship is not with those who walk away from God. 
Our intimate fellowship is with God and with the people who are in union with God. And we don't sit in the company of mockers. One of my friends the other day uh, sent me an article of this famous uh, TV commentator. Uh, he has a, one of the most popular shows on cable. And, um, and she was just like shocked by what he had said. And I read the article and I mean, he, he ripped uh, Christianity, Christians up. He mocked the second coming of Christ. He mocked the Bible. He mocked um, the, the story of the coming of Christ in Revelation. He just mocked everything. And I was a little surprised. You know, I was like, wow, that is what so many in our nation are drinking in. And, but you know, I didn't sit there and go, well, I just can't believe he said that. You know, <laughs> that's the world's way, it's opposite of God's way. But I tell you, the scripture that did come to my mind for him and every mocker of God and the things of God, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 1 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So this morning, when you hear the message of the cross, that Jesus loves you, he came, he died for you, he rose from the dead to give you the gift of eternal life, is that foolishness to you? Just like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't believe that. That's just a story. Define yourself. The Bible says you're perishing. But oh, if the cross, if the crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ is joy and good news to your heart, that's because you know it's the power of God to forgive sins and change the destiny of your eternity and to change your now and bless your life regardless of your circumstances. And it goes on to say, When we come to follow Jesus, that there is this connection between our faithfulness to God and the release of the blessings of God on our lives. Jesus said in John 14, 23 through 24, if anyone, now is there room for you and me in there and the anyone? If anyone, if whosoever believes, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the love which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. The Father who sent me. You see, the person who truly loves God, obeys God. There's a direct correlation. Now, that obedience doesn't mean perfection, but it means there's a lifestyle of following Jesus instead of following the desires of our flesh or following the, the whims of the world. There's a desire in our hearts 
to know God, to know him better, to follow him and to encounter and experience all the good of who he is. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 1, 2, well, I'm going to just read it. But the person who loves God, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. I was watching a, um, a documentary the other night on the Himalayans. And I, I'm a photographer, recreational photographer. So I love great photography. It was just, it was spectacular. And in that, in the Himalayans, um, they show this little clip of this Tibetan monk. You know, they had those gorgeous red robes. You know, like, that's nice. And uh, this monk, he went high in the Himalayans, up into the rocky crevices, virtually no granary up there. And there's this tiny little cave. And he goes up there to isolate for eight months. And all he does is um, meditate on, on the um, Buddhist words. And he spent eight months in that little cave for enlightenment. Once a month, they would come uh, lower down from him and they would bring food. But other than that, all of his waking hours, he was meditating. Now, is that what the scripture is talking about? That he'll meditate on the law day and night? No, that's not what it's talking about. Jesus said, you're going to be in the world, but you're not of the world. The world's not in you. So we live in this world, but we have a mindset of the mind of Christ, a mind that is renewed, that everything in our life continually is filtered by the word and ways of God, that we find pleasure in the word and ways of God. And that's what it means to meditate that God is such a part of our life that everyone we're at work all of work is filtered with and through God. The Holy Spirit, the helper himself, lives in us. And he helps us, whether you're raising children or you're teaching school or you work in the hospital or you work in retail, God wants to help us. And how he helps us is through his word, knowing his word, knowing his ways. And the way, capital W, is Jesus. And so we just go through our day and we follow Jesus. I had an issue the other day at work. It was just one of those problems that you're like, oh, my goodness, you don't want to happen. And, and I did not, I was talking to the client, I did not know the answer to it. And, and <laughs> the person was asking me, what should I do? Give me some advice. And I was just like, <sighs> and then I thought, ooh, God, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do in this situation, but you do. And God promises in the Bible that if we ask for wisdom and we believe that we're going to receive it, he's going to give it to us. And so I just, that came to my mind. The Holy Spirit just brought that up. And so I just said a silent prayer and said, God, what do we do? Would you give me wisdom? Would you give her wisdom? And you know, God did. You see, he wants to help us in our practical daily lives. And so the person who loves God is going to delight in his words, going to spend time in his word. Uh, when I was um, 
When I was in college, I took a detour from God for about 10 years. And I got to tell you, it was not the highlight of my life. Uh, I enjoyed some temporary pleasures along the way, and I made some bad decisions. Uh, But when I was 28, I fully surrendered. The song that Josh led us in this morning, I fully surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything in me changed. And a desire in me came for the Word of God. I couldn't, my, when I was in college, my roommate used to read the Bible. I was like, what? You know, and she'd go, Chris, you need to read your Bible. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> but when I surrendered my life to God and I turned from going my own way to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, he put his desires in me and the l- delight of the Lord, of his word came into me. I got to tell you, that's a lot of years ago and it increases. I love God's word more now than I ever have. And I delight in his word because his words are life. Jesus is the only one who has the words of life. So why wouldn't we come into his word and delight in his word? I found your word, Lord, and I ate them. I took them into the innermost part of my being. And he transforms us. He changes us from glory to glory, the Bible says. Glory is the manifest presence of God. He changes us into the image, into the likeness of Jesus as we behold him in his word. And then the Bible says that there's a purpose in our blessings. And God's purpose, his blessings on your life are integral to his purpose for your life. God's blessings on your life is integral to God's purpose for your life. Now, a lot of you have been blessed. Some of you have been blessed with resources, some with gifts, some you, you're just God's hands on you to parent children. You know, you're blessed with all these blessings. And some people are a little embarrassed. You know, they go, man, God's blessed my life so much. I don't deserve this. Well, you're right. <laughs> That's why it's a blessing. Nobody deserves it. God doesn't want us to be embarrassed by the blessings, but God wants us to use the blessings for his divine purpose in this world. So purpose is connected to blessings. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm uh, 67, I'm going to show you this in Scripture. Psalm 67, 6 and 7, the Bible says, The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. The blessings of God that he's commanded on your life and mine are with a purpose. The blessings of God is that Other people will see our lives. They'll see that the Lord Jesus Christ is high and lifted up in our lives. They'll see that we serve the living God. They'll see the hand of God, the blessing of God on our lives. And they'll go, I want what she had. (laughs) Like that song. They'll look at our lives and they'll see, and they might not know what it is. They don't know it's God. But they just go, wow, something's different about his life. 
I want what he has. I want what she has. And so God will use the blessings on our life to proclaim his goodness to the lives of the people around us. Purpose comes with blessing. And so honor God. Let's honor God with our blessings and use them for good. You know, Jesus went about doing good. I love that. I tell you, in, in this last year, you know, when we've sort of been in lockdown, uh, that scripture has come alive to me in, in ways in new ways. Jesus just went around doing good. Now, we might wonder, well, how can you do good when, you know, you office at home, you work from home, you order your groceries. Some of, I know some people order their groceries. I've done that myself. And, um, but you see, good is all around. Good is all around. And he just wants us to go about doing good. And so what I started doing, I just started praying in the morning, God, who can I bless today? God, what can I do good in your name today for someone else? And I got to tell you, God has answered that prayer over and over again. I have been amazed. And he's, he's answered in some surprising ways. Sometimes it's to just a word of encouragement to somebody. You know, I'm going through the grocery store. It's just to speak a blessing on the person who takes the time and has to breathe in everybody's air all day, you know, to run our groceries through. You know, just to say, God bless you. Thank you. And you know, when we say, God bless you, there's power in that blessing. If that person will receive it. God wants us to be receivers. We're givers, but we don't have anything to give but what we've received. And so he wants us, we receive his blessings, then let's just release those blessings. Let's let God give us more blessings, more blessings, more blessings, more blessings so that we can gorge ourselves on the goodness of God? No, but so that we can transfer those blessings blessings to a world who needs to see, desperately needs to see the God who is good, the God who gives life, the God who forgives sins, the God who he changes destinies of eternity. With your blessing comes purpose. He just wants us to cooperate. Well, how? How do we do that? How do we do that? The first thing is to be sure that you're on the right road in life. That psalm, it talks about two roads, the road of the person who does not follow God, the road of the person who does follow God. Are you on the right road this morning? Have you taken a detour like I did for 10 years? And you need to come back to Jesus. He's waiting. And he's not just waiting. He's calling you. <laughs> calling you, come home. Come home today. Come home. Or maybe you don't know him. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. <sighs> He's calling you to come have your sins forgiven. You know, God's not mad at you. You remember the story in the Bible of the prodigal son? 
He went and he blew the inheritance of his dad. But his dad is watching for him. And it says, and, and he saw him. He saw him a long way off. Maybe you've gone a long way from God today. Well, he's watching and he's waiting. And remember the story what he did when the prodigal son, he didn't put his hands on his hips and say, you, you sorry outfit. No. He threw his arms around him. He welcomed him. He told his servants, you can go get the robe, go get the ring. <laughs> go get the covenant ring. My son has come home. My son has come home. My daughter has come home. Come home to Jesus today. Say yes to Jesus today. How do you do that? You just say, God, I'm turning from going my own way. I'm going to come follow you. I surrender. I surrender all. Jesus, will you forgive me? Will you take charge of my life? And just like that, all is forgiven. All is right with God. And he doesn't stop there. He gives you the gift of eternal life, and he doesn't stop there. He gives you commanded blessings in this life. And he doesn't stop there. He gives you purpose in this life to go and tell a lost world that there's a Savior who loves them, who's died for them, who rose from the dead, who waits to forgive them and give them the gift of eternal life and life more abundantly. He's a good, good God. Good, good God. Well, the second thing, once we're in right relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, let's just spend time enjoying God in Scripture. Read Scripture interactively. It's, it's not an academic thing. It's not an intellectual thing. It's personal. It's relational. And so when we come to God, we read the Word with God. And then third, learn to be a good receiver of the blessings of God. There's a, another blessing in the Bible. In fact, it is spoken at churches around the world almost every Sunday. And it's in Numbers uh, 6, 24, and 26. You're going to recognize this. I'm going to read it to you. Um, and I've got to tell you, used to, when I would hear this in a, in a service, I think, oh, that is beautiful. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> You know, they pronounce that over the service. Sometimes we do that in this service. But one day, one day I recognize these are the words of God. These are words of life that God has and is and continues to proclaim and pronounce on you, on your life, on the lives of of your descendants, your children, and your children's children, and your children's children's children, down through the generations. And this is the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace and give you peace. You see, you are right on time for the rest of your life. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're right on time for the rest of your life. The question is, how will you use your life? 
Will you take the blessing and be a blessing? And will you point people to the Lord Jesus Christ, to hope himself? You see, God wants you and me to make a difference with our lives, make a difference for good to the glory of God. And then you know what he wants us to do? Put a praise on it, put a praise on it, put a praise on it.